London is a place for me. London, that lovely city. You could go to France or America, India, Asia, Australia. You gotta come back to London City. Hello and welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. Come join us as we review one of our favourite movies of not really our childhood, but more of our early on adulthood slash teenage years. Um, it's a movie from 2014. Uh, it's called Paddington. Uh, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to Inside Quotes. Quack, quack. Excellent, mate. Cracking good intro, if I do say so myself. Why, thank you, my good man. Um, well, uh, this is episode 59, and this is my mediocre Ben Washall impression. Paddington, if you will. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to sound as nice and <laughs> clumsy as possible. <laughs> uh, but we should probably get on with the show, most likely. I would, uh, probably just more American voice, if you're thinking. Anyways, it's me, Jeremy. <laughs> What's up, uh, y'all? Hey, y'all. <laughs> Let's get as southern as possible. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> we'll get back to the southern idea later. Uh, but yeah, we're covering Paddington, the first one. Uh, this movie was made in 2014. And it's quickly becoming a staple. It really, it, this is one of our, this is one of our honorary staples, as, as we like to call it, because it wasn't necessarily a, uh, a, sh- a movie that we grew up on, nor was it a book that we grew up on, because we weren't necessarily, I mean, we've, I've heard of it, but yeah. we weren't necessarily British, so like, this is our, this is the British people's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> we weren't necessarily British. <laughs> we weren't necessarily British. <laughs> No, we were not necessarily British, uh, but uh, so this is our Winnie the Pooh. Essentially, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I guess Winnie the Pooh is also somewhat British, but it feels that, American. That is true. <laughs> it feels American. I mean, the TV show, the train, yeah. Wild West. Come on, yeah. Winnie the Pooh is ours. We we won those rights in the war. That that's what won the rights <laughs> to our our shelf space for our VHS collection for sure. We had like yeah. tons of Winnie oh, the Pooh man. VHS tapes, dude. I can Winnie the Pooh for days. I think we might have to cover that one day. Um, Gladly, Book of Pooh and Christopher Robin because that movie's also good. Um, anyways, that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about Paddington. So, Jonathan, do you just want to give a a brief like history on Paddington? Just tell tell me what you know. Maybe I'll tell you what I know because I don't really know much well i just know it's paddington as a staple for british children for like many years and years i don't know how old or how many decades back it goes but um all all i know is this movie came out in 2014 and i was like not the target audience for it at all i was like in my early 20s at this point (laughs) and so i didn't really know anything about paddington and i just saw like a trailer for the movie and it's like, okay, well, it's a kid's movie. Probably not going to go see that. Fast forward to like 2018. I think the first and second one had come out by then. And I watched a video essay on YouTube about why the Paddington movies 
were like amazing. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm going to give them a watch. And like, I just thought they were like the most charming movies I'd ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and on top of that, like, they are very highly like respected in like the film, the film bro community. <laughs> like people with letterboxed accounts talk very highly of Paddington one and especially Paddington two. Yeah. Paddington two, like past citizen Kane on like rotten tomatoes. It's like a hundred percent still to this day. <laughs> and the first one, the first one that we're talking about today has 97%. So both of these are doing pretty, pretty good amongst that's, the critics. That's crazy. That's that's really crazy. Pretty crazy um, for kids' movies. For sure, for sure. Um But did you have any insights or nuggets of wisdom about Paddington? He is a very polite bear. Well, I just know there's been multiple books going back from like they were written originally in the fifties. Okay. And they have just like taken over like the pop culture of England like you can't grow up as a child without knowing who Paddington Bear is um kind of like Winnie the Pooh for us um but I mean I'd even heard of Paddington I just had never read it or I recognized the f- yeah. I never knew the name really but I recognized like the hat and the in the the, the rain blue jacket. coat rain jacket uh, I think there might have been a Paddington stuffed bear in mom's library at, at yeah, school that makes sense yeah but i was like oh, this is just some random bear cool <laughs> coat dude you know uh <laughs> but i never read any of the books or anything and until today <laughs> oh did you read one i i read one of them today I, they have the whole collection on our library um so i got i, got, I listened to an audiobook today and it's okay. just, just like the movie. Like, this is the best book adaptation mm-hmm. of any. I mean, it's a children's book, yes, but it's like the best book adaptation of any movie, period. And you wouldn't think just a children's book. Like, it, it's read like a, like a normal novel. Like, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> but it's, I don't know, you, you, it's just a warm feeling you get from reading it and watching it and just the character of Paddington himself. If you okay at this point, if you haven't seen uh, Paddington one or two, go watch them right now because I mean we, we will spoil it, but just for your own like self care, if you're gonna practice self care in 2022, just watch Paddington one oh, and these, two. These are essential for self care. I mean, these yeah. are like the definition of comfort movies. Huge boost in your <laughs> mental health instantly. Have a bad day at work, watch Paddington. Have an okay day at work. Watch a video essay on Paddington. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's just ooh. If you have a really bad day, just watch Paddington too, because that'll just cure everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're really missing out if you haven't seen it. And don't be ashamed. I mean, we obviously are kids cinema amateur experts. I'd say, <laughs> and uh. <laughs> So we always are watching kids' movies. But if you don't even watch kids' movies normally, this is one I, you could watch. You could appreciate I watched this. these before we even started this podcast, and I thought they were yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful movies. Um, I don't know what to jump into first. 
let's well you know i'm i'm kind of hungry maybe we should uh make a little snack before we start talking what do we have here jonathan well i have a piece of bread some butter butter and some marmalade if we have any british listeners which i'm sure we will at this point they're just searching paddington um just go easy on us with our accents i mean we have to put this disclaimer in everything <laughs> so terrible impressions terrible accents yeah but we did make a marmalade sandwich and i made yes. some tea and i didn't microwave it so don't be offended that does not sound good i'm offended not microwaving tea <laughs> dude did you know that like british people get so offended that americans microwave their tea but you're talking mugs? about you put hot water in yeah i thought you just put cold water in in a tea bag <laughs> oh so you just outed yourself because the only I way you assumed. can heat up tea is through the microwave huh okay basically yeah but yes if you um if you had seen paddington you would understand why we're making marmalade sandwiches at the moment. All right. Probably not going to be that great, actually. They're not made with love, necessarily. Just the love for this movie. Oops. Man, I wish we could, uh, I wish our listeners could see this beautiful sandwich. I wish this was homemade marmalade. That'd be good. Yeah, we'll have to have a marmalade night. That was actually cool in the movie, though. Like, at the end, like, as a family, they they had like a marmalade day where they just make a bunch of it to stock up for the year. That's that's I mean honestly kind of goals for my family. Just just make marmalade. You know, I was thinking about so that. So wholesome. I was thinking like we we've kind of talked our our family doesn't have like too many like traditions, I would say. Mhm. So, I was thinking like we let's just let's just take like the best traditions from like all the movies we love and just copy that and do that. We we kind of had something similar, not necessarily our family, but our grandpa. Uh, he grew a lot of sugar cane, and every year he'd have a cane grinding, and everyone would come over, bring all their food, big old big old shindig up in North Florida, and uh, we'd make cane syrup and a bunch of it. That's um, true. So that's, that's kind of similar, just the American South yeah. version. We're just comparing our lives to uh, unnecessarily uh, British life. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying un- unnecessarily. All right, cheers. Mom mm. made. Dude, they were on to something here. <laughs> this is so good. So not a lot of people like marmalade, honestly. But we're a bunch of Florida boys, so we love that. Yeah, we didn't grow up. We never bought marmalade. I don't think our mom liked it very much. I think that's part of it. Dad bought it one time. I remember that, and I loved it. The first time I ever had it is we went over to um, uh, Grandma and Grandpa Jones's house. Mm -hmm. So you were you were like very young, or not even born yet. And uh, we went over there, and we were there at, like, breakfast, and uh, Grandma Jones made, like, some toast or something and gave it to me. And she was like, do you want some marmalade? But she was like, oh, do you want some marmalade? And I, I had no idea what it was. 
And so she like, she put it on there and I remember like, I liked it, but I was just like, kind of, I thought it was weird. Like I, I was confused. Like orange peel. Is this jelly, jelly or is this butter? I, I, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> Whatever it is, it is scrum diddly omptious. Okay. So there's one really good, probably the most appetizing shot of this movie. It's near the beginning when they're making marmalade. Um, when Paddington is with his with his aunt and uncle in Dacus, Peru. There's a scene where he like opens up an orange. He like he just peels it apart in half. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it just looks like so juicy. It's just like the best looking orange ever. That's all. I thought it was a good shot. It was very appetizing. You know, we had an orange tree in our in our front yard growing up. Just for a brief period of time. Um, I don't know what... Some pe- people in our family don't remember this. I don't know if... Do you remember our orange tree at Oakdale? Um, I remember a grapefruit tree. No, that was in the backyard. We had, we had lots of citrus in Florida. But yeah, we had an orange tree in our front yard for like a couple years. And I think it got struck by lightning or something. And then it just died all of a sudden one summer. It was really sad. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, like a tra- a transformer blew or something, and like it was on the corner, and it was next to Justin's window. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was awesome. Best orange I've ever had in my life. And that's a that's obviously an exaggeration because it wasn't that good, but just felt cool because it grew in my yard. It felt like a farmer. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't much, land. but it's honest work. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, I remember we also had that grapefruit tree, and that was like not technically in our backyard. We had like yeah. a backyard fence, and there was like property behind our property. But that was just all woods. But it was like all woods. It hadn't been developed. <laughs> and we'd dump our leftovers, that like our old leftovers over the fence. Yeah, we clean out the fridge and we're like, go throw that over the fence. <laughs> that was awesome. You know what would be the craziest thing? What if people that like listen to our podcast, like we're actually living in like our old houses that, that we reference would be all the time? Dope. That'd be so weird. It almost makes me want to like name drop the address. <laughs> if you live, we don't have to put the address, but we can put the street. Uh, if you live on Oakdale Drive, Thicket Court, or uh, Holland Ave, East Holland Street, it was Holland Ave. Holland Ave. Uh, hit us up in Tampa. Um, let's talk about the cast in this movie because okay. this is action packed, stacked. Action packed, oh, yeah. stacked. That that sounds that sounds like a right phrase, I guess. Um, <laughs> let's just say everyone that's cast in this movie is necessarily British. We'll, yes. we'll say that. Uh, similar to the Harry Potter franchise, like anybody who's anybody in like the United Kingdom acting, like what do they call their Hollywood? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the the acting scene. Anybody who is a, a British actor that is like top tier is going to be in a Paddington movie, just like a Harry Potter movie. Yep. And it's strictly 
uh, it's strictly uh, British or mm -hmm. UK. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is stacked. It's got some a lot of people from Harry Potter. It's got um, Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey. It's got Julie Walters, who is Molly Weasley from Harry Potter. Jim Broadbent, who played Professor oh Slughorn. Goodness, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> you didn't? She played Mrs. Bird. She's like a pretty big character. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I knew I like recognized her, and I even knew her name, but like Molly Weasley didn't even enter my mind. Really? <laughs> She's like the big plot point for that. Um, here we go. We've got Imelda Staunton as Aunt Lucy. She was Professor Umbridge. And then her husband was oh, okay. Uncle Pat Pastuzo, um, who was played by Michael Gambon, who played Albus Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's it. There's there's just four from this movie. There's some more in the next one, but we won't we won't spoil well, that. the The movie was produced by David Heyman, who produced the Harry Potter movies. So, yeah, makes sense. Oh, this movie looks so good. CGI. On just like Paddington itself, just like just makes you want to hug him. Like he, that is a teddy bear, but also a real bear. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love it. They do a pretty good job of like Im immersing you into this completely different world, but it is similar. More like just because it's completely absurd. And it's uh, unlike other like kids movies or any other movie really with talking animals, like they don't drop a talking animal into a normal life. They drop a talking animal into a talking animal's world <laughs> that right. humans are just like, Oh, that's interesting. That's like a, that's a, that's a talking bear. Right. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. You don't have to like be like, Whoa, you could talk. That's just like, <laughs> Similar to the uh, country bears, actually. <laughs> Ever thought about that one? Hey, not till now. But there's not many, not many. Um, I think that gets a little old. We like movies with bears with accents, southern or British, either or. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just refreshing to see that. It, 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 it like cracked me up at when they first like when the Browns walked by met Paddington at the train station and the dad was so standoffish at first, but he wasn't like, oh, my goodness, that's a bear. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's a bear with a hat. He might sell us something. Yeah, he was more like, it's like, oh, he's going to want money. <laughs> <laughs> Probably selling something. <laughs> I love that. Um, I I was going to bring up. If you take the stance that it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's similar to our world, but it's different. Maybe it's a different timeline or something, because like the timeline doesn't make sense for when the explorer visits Peru. Because mm -hmm. it I, I mean, based on like what we know, like it's like this old footage. It makes it look like he's some explorer from like the 20s or 30s or something like that. And then they say, like, it's been 40 years since the explorer was there. <laughs> and it's like modern day, so so like which time doesn't really make sense. I was gonna ask you about that. I didn't see any like smartphones or like high tech, high tech technology. 
I didn't see any of that. I don't know if you noticed that or not. If if there was. The only thing is that the the daughter like always has headphones on. Uh, okay. But but you don't ever see it's like there, devices but it's or hidden. anything. That's yeah. classy. That's a real classy right there. Yeah. Hmm. This whole movie's classy. It's a kids movie with class. <laughs> uh, but even like the beginning, it just kind of like eases you into this absurd world where there is a talking animal and like you're you can be friends with another species besides a dog pretty much yeah uh and like even like with the the old like footage from the 50s they like put black and white cgi as like the bears and it just made you seem mm-hmm. like that was normal from the beginning yeah cuz you never see like cgi in a black and white film or anything like that that right. good yeah yeah, so it's yeah. just like, whoa, that's that's a little different. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you would do this, like if you were like we're we're used to animals not talking to us. How would you react if all of a sudden a random dog just came up to you and just was like, "What's up?" <laughs> do you think we've seen enough movies and read enough stories to where that wouldn't be completely absurd? <laughs> I mean. After all, there are talking animals in the Bible. So I believe that it could work. So it's talking animals in real life. I've heard parrots talk. I mean, yeah, okay. That that's different. <laughs> but they don't have British accents and they can't carry full conversations. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think my first reaction would be to like look around and see if I'm like I'm like on a hidden camera show or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you filming this? But I, I don't know. I'd, I'd definitely be freaked out. I think, I think I would react. Maybe, maybe I'm being over. There's only one way to find out. But (laughs) I think I would react somewhat normally. I'd be like, okay, I've been waiting my entire life to meet one of you. I think I'm ready. Tell me everything. (laughs) I would be like, okay, we're best friends right now. I will befriend you. I'll go on all your adventures right now. But with my luck, it'll probably be like some random like not fun animal like a like a ferret or something everyone knows ferrets are no fun (laughs) can't take them anywhere no they just complain the whole time (laughs) so okay what i was gonna say earlier was that yes it's like it's like a world where it's accepted that like oh paddington paddington can talk but they're definitely not equals but there's no but there's no other animals there you're right you're right okay so did did you ever see Detective Pikachu? No. Did you ever watch that? No. I watched it. And um that that was interesting because like the whole world there was just like random pokemon just everywhere. Like it wasn't just oh there's a talking Pikachu. Although it was weird that he talked. But there was <laughs> just like pokemon as if they were just animals and they were just like in the city or out in the woods and they were just everywhere. It was kind of interesting. That's weird. But it wasn't this wasn't like that. No, I mean, there was, like, pigeons and stuff all over the movie, and they didn't talk. Yeah. So it's weird that it's just so accepted that, oh, he talks. Maybe it's just bears (laughs) and humans. He's just so polite. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can't help but immediately fall in love with him. I mean, it's a bear that eats marmalade. I mean, that's... (laughs) 
a lot of marmalade a lot of is that shot of it he's like hiding in the boat trying to get to london <laughs> there's Such just like the time lapse too <laughs> there's like that time lapse of him like eating all the jars of marmalade that he packed he just eats a whole suitcase that was them. really cool usually like that was awesome because most like kids movies would just be like the spongebob route like one week later but no they don't tell you they like kind of showed you in a cool shot and yeah. added a joke in there it, w- it would be that or it would be like Oh, like the Mike kids' Isabel. focus groups, it needs to be hyper and energetic. And so it's just like the character itself would be just like over the top and just like yes. you just see it like being very cartoony and just like chugging them all in like a like a very like funny right. like like, shot. Like you know? stinking Scooby-Doo. Like Scooby-Doo. Dude, Paddington <laughs> is so different because he's he's so much different than any other like kids character because he's not dumb and obnoxious. Yeah. He's not loud and obnoxious. He's. He's like humble, polite, and clumsy. And he makes, he's just so lovable. And it's a little different than Winnie the Pooh, because Winnie the Pooh is humble, quiet, clumsy, but he's also dumb as crap. <laughs> he's dumb. <laughs> and you kind of get frustrated with him, because he's just like, oh, bother. I don't know where my honey went. <laughs> oh, think, 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 think. And dude's just got stuff for br- fluff and stuff and fluff for brains, dog. Like, this is a real bear. He wears real clothes. He, I mean, I guess he doesn't wear pants. He just wears a coat. But at least he's covering his. I mean, Pooh doesn't even wear pants. Yeah, he even cleans out shirt. his ears with, you know, those earwax removers. You know, yeah, aka uh, toothbrushes. You know, those are really good. Earwax removers are really good for also cleaning your teeth. Um, nine out of ten dentists actually recommend that. Uh, I think they're going to come out with like a, a, a brush type thing that's called a toothbrush that looks similar, but you can buy like all of those. Uh, there's a whole bunch like electric earwax cleaners and you can buy a whole range of them at the store. So approved by the American Dental Association. Yeah. Basically, what I love about this movie is that it doesn't talk down to kids. Because it's not primarily made just for kids. It's made for everybody. Right. So it's, you know, it's for adults, it's for kids, it's for anybody all ages, as long as you understand English, you know? Because, yeah. Um, yeah, you either have the route where it's like overly, it's over the top, very cartoonish to appeal to kids, or you like put in like jokes that are like edgy to try and appeal to the adult, because like, oh, there's some jokes in there yeah. that the adults will get. But and this that is can just like, easily get overdone too. Right. But this movie is just like the perfect balance of just, it has everything, it's very wholesome, and it it appeals to everybody. Every That's joke, what I love about Paddington. There's not a joke that will go over, I mean, there might be, but there's not really jokes that go over children's heads that they'll laugh at later that's meant for the adults. Mm-hmm. Every joke and every funny thing that happens, both, it's equally as funny. It's like grown up for the kids to, to laugh at. But also, mm-hmm. it's young enough for adults to laugh at, if that makes any sense at all. Um, both, both, all groups can laugh at it. You want to know what my favorite joke is in this movie? Okay, I'll tell you mine. Okay. But after... <laughs> yes, uh, yes, I do. And then after that, I will tell you mine. That's, I didn't mean to sound rude. <laughs> Sorry, give me a harsh stare. I, I deserve one. <laughs> it came out that wrong. A, that is a hard stare. <laughs> Aunt Lucy taught me to do that when people forget their manners. 
That that is a very good joke. That's probably my second favorite one. But I love the scene at, after he gets to the Browns and he's like writing a letter to his aunt mm-hmm. Lucy. And at the end of the letter, he gets to it and and he's just like he signs off. He's like, "Love Paddington." And he's like, "Oh, P.S. My name is Paddington now." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love how unassuming he is, and ah, so that just got me so good when I rewatched it. That's my favorite joke in there. Uh, so I think my favorite part was at the train station, um, and he's walking around just like exploring and just trying to see this new world that he's never seen before. And he he goes up before the escalator, and he says, it, it, "There's a sign that says dogs must be carried." So oh, he's yeah. like, and so he went and found some random dog and carried it with him and went on the, on the escalator. And he didn't need to have that. Yeah. Oh, it's so it caught me off guard. It was so funny. I was like, where? What? Paddington is basically Arthur Weasley, like trying to understand Muggle. Yes. Traditions and stuff. That you put it perfectly right there. That is so good. Tell me, what exactly is the function of a rubber duck? Mainly just reminded me of that. It's just like, you know, they're trying to go through the tube. And that there's a scene just like that with Arthur Weasley and what's the Order of the Phoenix or whatnot? Yeah. With Harry. yeah, yeah. So it's like, like trying to show show him how to go on the train and everything. Is, like, is he in the second one? I mean, he's a big he's a big uh, British actor. I feel like he might be in the second one. I don't think so. But um, the guy that plays Mad-Eye Moody's in the second one. Yes. Yeah. That's obvious. I don't know. Whatever. Well, if he's in it, we'll cover it in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading reviews, trying to find a Karen review for this movie. <laughs> There's not one parent that disapproves of this movie. Here, here's what I here's what I was finding. Um, a lot of people were saying that the movie did scare their kids, which I was I was finding very strange. But then I yes. thought about it, and it's like, oh, the villain is like trying to kill Paddington and stuff stuff him. it. Yeah. put him in a museum so that might be scary for like little kids but yeah and I, I will say that this is like the only reason that this is not as good as Paddington 2 is because the villain is not as good mm-hmm. um I feel like Nicole Kidman's villain kind of kind of sucked but and it was the worst part of the movie in my opinion which is saying a lot because she was great mm-hmm. um but it, I mean, at least it seems like she at least had fun with it, so I'm not really mad. But I could have; it, it was a little cheesy, a little, little cheesy. So, would you? Are you critiquing the performance or like the motivation? The story, the motivation. The at yeah. the end, the motivation is kind of cool. But like the way she went about it, the, like the whimsy, like I don't know, it just seemed out of place compared mm-hmm. to Hugh Grant's ver- uh, version in the second one. But that's okay. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily have any complaints about it. But I would agree the the villain in the second one is much, is much yeah. better. Um, I don't know. Just like that's your one. It's like one dimensional villain, villainy. It's like this is my one thing. This is my passion. All I yeah. want to do is. There's yeah. no depth to her villain. There's all. All I want to do is collect skins so I can stuff animals. One of my other favorite parts is whenever they do get Paddington, and they're gonna put her in the. She gets them to get in the in the truck, 
<laughs> and it says taxi yeah. on the side. And then yeah. when she closes the the sliding door on the van, you see the whole word spelled out taxidermist. Taxidermi. <laughs> that was cool. That was really cool. Oh, that was good. <laughs> what what happened what happened to Paddington's parents? Is this in the books somewhere? Uh this so like the whole uh, uncle and aunt stuff like this the explorer that was all added. So the okay. book starts mm-hmm. out uh with the Browns and then they find Paddington okay at the station. That's where okay. it starts out. But it's fine. Like that's the only thing that they change and they don't mm-hmm. change anything. They add to it. And it doesn't take away from the story at all. So that's okay in my book. Um so the producer was just like, "Oh, I know how to make Harry Potter movies. Let's have him live with his aunt and uncle." <laughs> Except the aunt and uncle are awesome. That's true. Um, I don't necessarily know. I think they might go over it a little bit in the next one. But do they? I'd have to rewatch it again. If not, they might go through it in Paddington Three. Maybe. Um, but we could talk about his aunt and uncle. Because I think they're pretty cool. They live in like Peru. Is that where it was? Peruvian forest? That's where it yeah. says in the book. Um, they they refer to it as darkest Peru in the movie. Okay. Um, so they live in like the rainforest. And it's really cool. They have like a really cool peaceful life where they all they eat is marmalade and oranges. And all of a sudden there's some natural disaster that hits. And their whole world is turned upside down. And then Paddington sees his uncle where it's hinted towards he's dead. Yes. Yeah, they don't show it, but it's, they don't show it. it's just assumed. Um, he's just holding his hat. And that's, that's a really cool when we're talking about cinematography. Because it's like one of the only scenes in the movie that does this like camera style angle movement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how it's like sort of like a shaky can. But it's all focused on his aunt and him and Paddington. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I thought it was cool because it like shows all the chaos going around, but it's not. It's shaky. But it's the the subject isn't moving, but everything else around him is. I thought gotcha. that was really cool. Yeah. Um. Kind of like in Hunger Games. A lot of shaky camera stuff, but like a classy type of shaky camera. Maybe I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about because I'm just an amateur, but and I do not have a film degree, but I think it looked cool. That's all about. That's all I have to say about that. Hey, it looked cool. Do you have any favorite shots, like cinematography? There's a lot of good shots in this, and um, the guy that made this movie, Paul King, like he got hired to make a kids movie. He did not need to go this hard. Like <laughs> you can tell, the movie has like craft to the filmmaking. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What um, has he done before? Has he done anything like this at all? Because you'd think it'd be Wes Anderson, but it's not. And Wes Anderson can eat his heart out oh, because he oh wishes goodness, he could make yeah. a movie this good. The, yeah, there's like a cutout shot of like the, the brown house, you know, and they're all yeah. in their separate house, in their separate yeah, rooms. Yeah. And that was so Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, There was a shot, and I, I, now I can't remember exactly what was going on. Was he, there's a scene when he's like, oh, it's when they find the film. At the archives, and he starts. He just gets. He starts walking and getting. Paddington is watching the video at at the Browns' house on the projector, and he's walking towards it. And he gets closer and closer to the screen until he like goes inside. Right, he passes through the screen, 
and it's like he's in Peru again. And he's like looking around and he's like, it makes him like miss home. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that? That was, re- yeah. that was a really cool shot. That's what kind of keeps you into the, um, like the, ch- the children's book style. Mm-hmm. Like I also love when they're, maybe it was in the second one, maybe in this one. I don't, I'm not sure, but it, I don't know. It just turns into like a pop-up book or like a dollhouse. Yeah. Something very whimsical and, and kid-like mm-hmm. um, as a transition. And I just love things that I love movies that look like a children's book. Yeah. That's why I love Klaus so much. That's like my favorite Christmas movie. And it's so new, but the animation is beautiful in that. There there was another, all it is, it's not even like that amazing of an, of a shot. But one thing I, I did notice like a cool, like camera tilt was whenever they, they leave the Browns and Paddington leave their house for the first time. And they're like going to try take them to the authorities or whatever. And as they're walking, the camera starts to tilt tilt whenever Peter Capaldi's uh, character like sticks his head out the window and starts talking to him. They call it like a French angle, Dutch angle or something like that. Dutch angle, French. Um, (laughs) What would a French angle be? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Just be flaky like a croissant. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Um, But it shows, yeah, it, there shows their neighbor. Yeah, it just, it like tilts it, <clears throat> like the music kind of changes there. And you know, like, oh, this guy's like, there's something off about this guy or whatever. He's maybe not a villain, but he's also like not very friendly to them. Yeah. It basically like, you you wonder why the camera is tilting and then it, you hear his voice and then it cuts and it's like tilt. The camera stays in that same kind of tilt position, just opposite. And it's because he's like got his head out sideways out the window. Yeah. I don't know. That was kind of a cool thing one last thing i think my one of my favorite ones i was actually about to talk about this like three minutes ago when you were talking about the taxi uh Mm -hmm. the word like wordplay in the background um i didn't catch this but i did watch a video essay on it and they did they saw like it showed a lot of symbolism at the train station because like the first time they see paddington He's like around, standing next to the lost and found, or like behind right, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you see like the sign says "lost and found" like lit up with lights. Yeah. And as soon as the the Browns walk past, the the lost part of the sign just goes out. So all mm-hmm. it is is says "found," and I think that's so cool. There's a lot of a lot of little things like that in there, and it's like you can tell the movie the script was like really well thought out, and they had a vision for it and what they wanted yeah. to do with it. Like I said, the director. Didn't have to go that hard, but I'm yeah. glad he did. <laughs> um, but the director hasn't done much, right? Yeah, his name's Paul King, and he did a lot of uh, like British comedy, like TV, beforehand. Um, okay. And he direct he wrote and directed Paddington one and two. And I'm a little nervous about Paddington three because he's he's not directing that; what? he's only producing it. So I'm like, I'm a little nervous, but. That's because he's signed on to work on this Wonka movie with uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, are you serious? That's what he's working on next. Yeah, that's the perfect. That's the perfect directing choice for that type of movie. I'm instantly like ten times more excited for this Wonka movie, dude. Yeah, he can capture like. I I keep going to the words like whimsy and wonder. Mm -hmm. Like he, that's perfect for Wonka. That's so cool. I'm excited now. 
like this is his first two actual feature length films that he's ever done and he did super well like he's a natural i'm excited yeah okay so who's signed on to do paddington 3 we can talk about paddington paddington 3 is what we're talking about next cuz i've got some ideas um i don't I, I think they've got screenwriters i don't see any directors attached on imdb okay it does say that paul king he pitched the idea for the third film and is involved, but that's that's kind of it. Okay, I would I would volunteer us, but I don't think we could do that well. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what they do with sequels usually? They go to London. Usually they go to London. But here we go. Okay, they're already in London. Fun fact. So where are they gonna go? New York City. The Southern United States, Sonny. Oh. This is where I'm going with it. Paddington 3. All right. The only idea I have is I just want him, a scene, they're going to visit some family, and they're like, there's some black bears around maybe, make some friends um, in the like, Smoky Mountains area. And they go to some like distant relative of the Browns, okay, that is like in deep Appalachia. <laughs> And uh, all of a sudden, she brings out a hot plate of biscuits. Hot plate of biscuits. <laughs> and he's like, what are these? And he's like, that was your biscuits, honey. And he's just like, biscuits? They're not dry and crispy. I love it. <laughs> Something like that. And he tries his first biscuit. And he goes through. He opens up. He's like, go in on in there and get you some toppings for it or whatever. Get you some jelly. And he goes right into the fridge, and it's just like a panning shot of, of uh, like, well, you've got molasses, you've got, like, grape jelly, you got some honey, and it's just, like, passes through all of them, and then he, like, reaches in the bag. He's like, hmm, okay. And he finds a jar of homemade marmalade. He's mm-hmm. like, this will do. <laughs> and he slaps some butter on a biscuit and has marmalade on a biscuit instead of a sandwich and he it changes it rocks his world and that's the end of that scene and if they want to hire me for that uh i i can i can make that accomplished that's my idea that's probably the idea that paul king pitched to the studio for the third one well you heard it here first or second if (laughs) whatever so are we involved with it maybe maybe not but i think that's a cool scene in my head I can even picture like the woman offering the relative, like offering the biscuit to Paddington. It's like, You're so good. You'll slap your mama. Yeah. He's like, I pick you apart. I would never slap my mother. <laughs> I would never slap Mrs. Brown. Mrs. Brown, you're in danger. <laughs> you're in danger. The only problem with that is that uh, British movies will never go to American soil. So that would be horrible. Unless they're like, made fun of Americans the whole time, which is okay with me. But I did hear a rumor that they're having Florence Pugh in it. Hmm. So maybe either she's going to be a human character or maybe love a love interest. Maybe okay. another bear. What? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, one thing I like about the story is like all, all the elements of the story like have a reason. And like have a payoff at the end, like yeah. specifically with like all the characters of like the Brown family. You know, mm-hmm. it's like 
the dad is like you know he's like overboard with his like his job and being like overly predictable and safe all the time and never having any spontaneity and never letting yeah. the family do you know what they want to do and um the daughter is well her, her and in the son and the and the brother are like trying to adjust to like a new place like paddington is and so it's like there's like things going on in both stories that like overlap um yeah. they even use the doves at the end or not doves the pigeons yeah you even okay so you were talking about the lost and found like symbolism in the background mm-hmm. you know there's also like you know they've got that spiral staircase in the house and they've got like the tree branches painted in the background mm-hmm. you know and like it's like bare the entire movie but at the end of it it's like bloomed with like leaves and flowers yeah. and stuff like yeah, that, that was awesome. that's that's like another you know subtle thing in the background side Maybe note not so subtle i would love a spiral staircase in my in my future home i think that's awesome yes but did you know 40% of pre-breakfast accidents occur on banisters well that's your opinion man <laughs> i don't know i i love how like as soon as he like brings paddington home he's like on the phone to his insurance company like yes i need to up my coverage please yeah. <laughs> and then like he like hears stuff going on in the background he's like never mind i don't care i i would like this effective immediately please <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it's gonna it's gonna cover it if he just says yes on the phone like <laughs> before he opens the bathroom door yeah, and all the water Which, comes out. Very watertight bathroom, by the way. Wow, that's true. Impressive. And okay, so that, I mean, that's something that like every kid thinks about, right? You ever think like, oh, if you just leave the water on, yeah. close the door, and it just fills up with water, and then I can swim in. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was that easy. Although it ruin everything. That would put the water bill so high, <laughs> and it would take longer than a day. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it takes like two or three days to fill up just a yeah. four foot pool. <laughs> it's like two or three minutes and it's like the Titanic in there. Yeah. That was awesome. Another thing, like even like aspects of his own character has meaning. Mm-hmm. Not just like they, they like added meaning to his hat. They added meaning to his, this coat that uh, Mrs. Bird gave him. And yeah, it, mm-hmm. it all like affects the marmalade sandwich. That's a huge part of his life like that. Those are aspects of his character, but it's also a, it, it also showcases like the people in his own life too. So he always got that from the people that love yeah. him. And I think that's cool. And I, and I like all this, like the side characters too. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, if I was a British actor or actress, I would just be begging for like a small role in Paddington three. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite like side character or any, anything like that? I f- I feel like there's more. Uh, like side characters in the second one, yeah, that, like stand yeah. out more. But well, who's your favorite? I feel like the um, you know, Jim Broadbent's character probably stands out. Okay, like the antique shop owner. Yeah. So Mr. Curry, Peter Capaldi's character, he was <laughs> he was kind of funny though. He's like. He's supposed to be annoying and everything. Yeah, but like, see, he's annoying, but he's great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you get the sense that he's like very particular about stuff. <laughs> and then you like see the inside of his house and it's like a mess. <laughs> like when Nicole Kidman comes over and he's like brushing like breadcrumbs off the couch. 
Uh, I like the taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's he was good. funny. He's like, I thought I might show him around town. I sh- <laughs> honestly should have charged you more. <laughs> oh, I, I do have one random other piece of trivia. So, the, um, there's been a lot in the news about, like, the president of the Ukraine, President Zelensky, like, how he used to be, like, an actor. Yeah. Before he, like, ran for office. Yes. So, apparently, in the Ukrainian dub of Paddington, Paddington is voiced by the president of Ukraine. Which is awesome. Before he was president, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. And voice Paddington. So, you know that he's, he's looking Vladimir Putin in the eyes with a hard stare right now. Putin deserves a hard stare. <laughs> Forgot his manners. Enough of that. Uh, we we are our hearts are with the Ukraine Ukrainians right now. Go go watch yourself some Ukrainian dubbed Paddington for some more morale purposes. Um. So lastly, I just love at the end where he's like writing the note to his aunt. Like the okay, so the whole movie is like him. With the perspective of him writing a letter to his aunt, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it goes through Paddington. She's gone to live at the the home for retired bears. Which is normal. <laughs> it couldn't take a... You're just taking care of a... I don't know how old he is. Seems like a young man. Um, but I just love that he like went through all this. Like, the antagonist... Almost, he almost died. He was almost stuffed. Like... <laughs> I just love that he didn't make it into a huge deal when he was talking to his aunt. He mm-hmm. said, like, in the letter at the end, he was like, we met the explorer's daughter, but but she's tried to stuff me. So Miss Bird threw off a roof. <laughs> and that was it. The whole plot of the movie, that's yeah. it. Basically. Not to worry about me. I love <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> I have a family. And he just, like, didn't necessarily blame her for wanting to kill him either. That was the best part. He's just like, yeah, that's just what happened. Uh, you have any final thoughts about this movie before we wrap up? Final thoughts is that if you have not seen Paddington one or two, go watch it. Um, because I can't, I can't really speak any more highly about these movies than I already have over the last ep- this episode. So, um, we've just gushed for an hour and ten minutes at this point. It's just, you know. <laughs> There's there's no reason why two two guys in their twenties should be talking about this movie as much as we are, but that's that's how it is. It'd be there's like no that reason, sometimes. and there's every reason, and you'll you'll understand <laughs> that once you watch this movie. So, uh, check it out. Um, and yeah, I we probably won't do Paddington two right away. We'll probably give that in yeah, some time, yeah. but you know that's your homework to to watch these movies before we cover Paddington two. Yes, and. Hopefully you'll you know stick around with us on the road to Paddington three because it's coming sooner or later. Hopefully, it's supposed to come out in twenty one, but it's gonna round out. Yeah, and it's gonna be. Look, there's there's some great trilogies, right? Oh yes, there's some great trilogies. We got Star Wars. You know, we've got all kinds of great trilogies, and I'm just saying, if Paddington three comes pulls through, it's in the conversation for greatest trilogy. I'm just saying. I second that. Out of all the trilogies that we've covered, at least, it's in the conversation. And we've only done what, one. What, <laughs> we've done Mighty two. Ducks. Mighty Ducks and <laughs> Star Wars. Um, 
I mean, everything's technically in the question if you question it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. My final thoughts. I'm gonna love any movie that's based on a children's book. I love it. It encapsulates a sense of whimsy and wonder, and it it, it has like a feeling of warmth in the midst of a cold, cold world. And I think that is a great thing to have. It's, it's refreshing, yet warm. And it's a good role model for kids, and I can't wait to show this to my future children one day. And I will be having, I will be buying my, my kid a stuffed Paddington bear. Just to have. Just to remind him of his manners and to be kind. So that means your your future son is going to be necessarily British. Necessarily British, yes. Yeah, I'll say that. Yep. <laughs> cool. But yeah, that's all I have to say about that. But next week we'll be back with another, another childhood staple. I guess this one wasn't a staple. It's an honorary staple. But this one next week, next week we're we're gonna really have a childhood staple. There's gonna be a lot of quotes on this episode. I'm I'm just gonna warn you now. Um, it's our favorite Jesse Plemons movie. And if you don't know who that is, I'll just say, I want to be like Mike. Sister Teresa, do you know anything about these shoes right here? I'm not sure. Well, the guy who dropped them off said they used to belong to some famous basketball player when he was a kid. Um, which, which basketball player? You know, the, the tall, bald one. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. And you can go to his website, uh, BryceBridgman.com. Uh, he's very talented, very great animator, and we love him to death. If you want to check us out on Instagram, go ahead and do that. Give us a follow at InsideQuotesCast, and DM us if you have any future episode ideas, any movies you want us to cover, let us know. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify now, uh, please leave us a review, a good one, five stars, or else uh, Paddington will give you a harsh stare. You trust me, you don't want one of those. You do not. Good reviews, though, you get you get a marmalade sandwich in the mail. Yep. Eventually. Eventually. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us relive our childhood and, I guess, our adulthood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so that you don't miss out on our future episode. Until then, just remember, all dogs must be carried. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. So confused, I didn't know what to do. I decide to join in the fun. Pick up a lady sitting by my side. I start to do some fancy ballroom style. She said, I think you really have to stop. You only peep in when you should really bop. To tell the truth, I really had to ball. When she left me in the middle of the hall. They were singing, Jubab, Jubab, Jubab. They jump in here and they jump in there. With a dunya, 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 the people going crazy. I had to laugh till I couldn't laugh no more. I don't know China, man. <laughs> <laughs> Your NPR voice is spot on. See, that's what we got to do.
Wait, that was my Barry Cooper voice. I know. These should work for NPR. So you're saying I should just do the podcast in a British accent? No. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe for Paddington. Okay, Paddington, we are doing British accents. And it's going to be terrible. I can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be perfect. Quite fit. It's quite fit in Burnley. (laughs) 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 This is recording, too. Save this soundbite from when we do Paddington. <laughs> we'll put that at the beginning. All right. <laughs> you got a spit tag, dude. That was great. <laughs>